0: I'm thankful that he continues uh, to do that work, and he doesn't just throw the clay away. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter number 2 for just a few moments, if you would, and for just a little while. I I won't be long this evening, uh, but I want to share some things that I pray will encourage you concerning the the subject matter of prayer. And, uh, you know, prayer, uh, I love dealing with this subject. I've preached many, many messages on prayer and different passages that uh, deal with the subject of prayer. I believe it's something that we as Christians, oftentimes, we we neglect. Uh, We've never truly, in in many cases, in many of our lives, we've never truly accessed uh, the opportunity to spend time in prayer and commune with the Lord like we ought to. And uh, if you don't have a prayer life, I want to encourage you to start. Uh, It's something that is just uh, an encouraging time. It's a rewarding time. It's a humbling time. Uh, There's so much whenever you give yourself to prayer that you begin to realize uh, about the the, the Lord in your personal life. And in Acts chapter number 2, I want you to notice for just a few moments, I want you to notice the very first couple of words, verse number 42 of Acts chapter number 2. The first four words, or the first three words, uh, are so vitally important. Because they begin to reveal that this is something that had been going on. It was not something that just, you know, all of a sudden started. At some point in time, you have to realize that there has to be a starting point, but there also needs to be a continuation of that. Uh, Far too often, there is a starting point, and then, if we're not careful, that starting point starts on one day, and the end point starts the very next day. Because we don't have the patience, we don't have the the diligence, we don't have the determination or the grit or, or the willingness to give ourselves to the matter of prayer. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 42. It says, and they continued steadfastly. Now, it goes on to deal with much in this passage of Scripture. It says in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. And then notice the last couple of words, and in prayers. As you go and you look at different portions of Scripture, you'll find that Paul placed much emphasis on the subject matter of prayer. And we begin to see that he is pointing people oftentimes to the Lord, as we made reference to this morning. But in this passage of Scripture, we see that the Bible says, and they continued. this was something that had been going on. In this evening, as we come to this subject of prayer, I wonder if in your own personal life if you have ever come to the place where you made a conscious decision that I'm not just going to consider prayer, I'm going to pray. You see, many times we, we consider the option of prayer. We we almost treat prayer and, and taking things to the Lord as a a, a last resort if we're not careful. Problems come your way and situations arise and uh, there are issues or trials and we begin to try to navigate our way through those trials or those difficulties or those conversations or those situations. And then when we come to the end of ourselves, we find ourselves either reading the Bible in our homes or sitting in a service or something just begins to click. We hear something, maybe a preacher is preaching and the preacher begins to say that you need to give yourself to prayer and it's as though something clicks and we say, oh, I guess that's true, we ought to pray. I remember having multiple times whenever people have come up to me and and, and over the last seven years we'll discuss the, the problem and one of the questions I ask is, have you prayed about it? Not every time. Very few times, but still sometimes, when the question is asked, the answer has been, no, I haven't. And I wonder this evening, if that's where you are this evening, if you found yourself in a place where you just haven't even started praying. Or maybe you did start, but you've stopped and you're no longer continuing to pray. I remember... Whenever we had first come and I could share story after story of the the Lord just answering prayers, even over the last couple of months, the Lord has continued to answer prayers. But I remember certain times whenever we were praying about things and the Lord would just confirm either through his word or by the words that someone had shared with me or something. But the Lord would use something to confirm those things. And I would go back and I would remember praying about specifically those things. In Acts chapter number two, The Bible says in verse 42, and they continued steadfastly. Now notice this word steadfastly is not a word that just kind of means that they kind of made their way through it. They were diligent about it. They were serious about it. It's kind of like uh, I like to relate things to sports because I grew up playing sports, but it's kind of like in the off season we used to, whenever I played in the middle school, we would uh, play on an AAU team as well. And after the season was over, the, the coach would pull one of us to the side. Each of us would have the time to meet with the coach and the coach would pull us to the side. And he would say, these are the things that you need to work on in the off season. And in the off-season, oftentimes, was where someone would go in, and they might be just an average basketball player or athlete on the team, but they would take what the the, the coach had said, that you need to work on these things, and they would be diligent about it. They'd wake up every morning, and they would work on the things the coach said. They would work throughout the day. They would work late in the evening, working on those things. Then comes around the next season, and you say, man, this dude's gotten good, because they were diligent about it. And I wonder tonight, have you been diligent in your prayer life? You know, in the Christian life and in life in general, this is something that I've learned to be true, and we've all been here before, but it's easy for us to complain about it, isn't it? Uh, We can, I mean, we can get on our soapbox and we can complain about all of the problems that we have and neglect taking it to the Lord in prayer. And we do that sometimes if we're not careful. Take your Bibles, if you would, and go with me to the book of Habakkuk for just a few moments. I want to share just some passages of Scripture on the subject of prayer this evening for you. And I want you to notice some things that take place as you go and you think about the subject matter of prayer. You begin to think about even Daniel. Daniel had some companions that he prayed with. And tonight, if I could encourage you in a couple of things, I would encourage you to find a companion to pray with. An individual in the local church that you can pull to the side and that you can uh, bathe things in prayer, whether that is a prayer partner, whether that is someone in the the church that you just can count on. Anytime you're at the house of God, you know you can pray with that person about things. Hey, I would encourage couples this evening to spend some time in prayer and to, to bathe the church and to bathe your family and to bathe the Lord's will for your life in prayer and to just spend some time in prayer. It's a serious thing. And tonight, as we mention the companions and the, the couples praying, we come to the simple fact of what we are going to do here in a few moments, and that is this, the church praying together. The church praying together. If you were to, to go and you were to consider the prayer life that you currently have, and it's been asked many, many times, but within our church, if our churches. Moving forward, if our church's growth, if our church's spiritual health, if you would, was dependent upon your prayer life, how spiritual and how healthy would our church be? It's a sobering thought. As you begin to ask that question, if the church's health was dependent upon my personal prayer life, how healthy would it be? Would we be right this very moment going and getting the, the the headstone prepared and digging the grave and saying, well, we're going to go ahead and bury the church because it's dead? Or is your prayer life an active one? Is it a vibrant one? Is it a real one? Is it a serious one today? Whereas you think about your prayer life, you say, no, I truly bathe in prayer much. I labor in prayer. Listen, prayer is a hard thing to do. It's not easy. I remember we had a gentleman in our in our. Uh, in our college, and I was his RA one year. One of the 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 the, the best prayer warriors I have ever met in my life. And Miss Doyle, you know him, Roman. Roman, I was his RA, and I would play basketball, and I would work, and so when I would come back to the dorm, I would find oftentimes Roman in my dorm room. The RA was the only one who had their own room. And so Roman would often ask me if he could go and he could use my bedroom to study or to do whatever he needed to do concerning prayer or preparation in some of the ministries. And I would tell him, if I'm not there, you're welcome to it. You you can use it. And there were many times whenever I would walk into my dorm room and I would see Roman. I I spent time in prayer with Roman. I, I know how Roman prayed. Roman was not one who flippantly prayed. Roman was not one who casually prayed, but Roman was one who labored in prayer. And I remember multiple occasions walking in and and walking into the room after a long evening away on a basketball trip and I'd walk in and I'd turn the light on and Roman was in the the, the position of praying on his knees and he would be praying and he had fallen asleep in the midst of all of that. I'd wake him up. And he would go right back to his room, and I'd see him getting some stuff prepared. He'd walk out into the living room, and he'd start praying again. The Lord used Roman in my life during that season of being an RA to instill some things on the seriousness of prayer. But I remember whenever I truly got serious about praying, and I remember sitting there, and I said, Okay, I'm going to start praying in the morning, and I'm going to start praying in the evening." And don't try to get all spiritual on me here now. I know this is how some of you are, because I wrestled with it, and it's hard. But I remember when I first started praying, I, I said, all right, I'm going to set my alarm at 6.30 or 7. I've got to be to class at this time. I'm going to spend 15, 20 minutes in prayer. And you know how this is. You go, and you you get your phone, and you set that, that alarm. And you set that alarm or that timer, and you just set it to the side, and you start praying. About two and a half minutes in, you're looking over at that thing, and you're like, Man, it's only been two and a half minutes. Why? It's hard. It's hard. It's a spiritual work that that is taking place. You're laboring in prayer. You're you're trying to pray. But what's happening? Your mind sometimes is distracted. You're hearing things. You're you're trying to plan for the day. You're you're trying to, to think about all these things. In the midst of praying about something spiritual and serious, all of a sudden you hit a rabbit trail because something came to your mind. It's a work. You've got to work at it. As we begin to think about prayer and the seriousness of prayer, I want to encourage you tonight that as we labor in prayer that you get serious about it. You know, one of the hardest reasons or one of the main reasons oftentimes that people stop praying is because if we're not careful, we think God should answer our prayers the way we think they should be answered. Habakkuk chapter number three, notice what the Bible says. Verse number 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. The field shall not yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Are you telling me, as I read this verse a couple of years ago and preached out of this passage, and and I remember reading this and I was thinking, you're telling me in verse number 17 it says that the fig tree is not going to blossom. There's going to be no fruit on the vines. The the labor of the olive shall fail. I mean, it just continues to get worse and worse. The field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. And you begin to read that portion of Scripture. As you come to the book of Habakkuk, some things have been determined, no matter what takes place, God is still worthy. God is still good. Can I share with you, some of you have stopped praying because you said, the Lord didn't answer my prayer the way I needed it to be answered. Can I share with you, the Lord doesn't fail in answering prayers. The way that you think it needed to be answered is exactly how it was answered. God did not not make a mistake in answering your prayer. God makes no mistakes in answering our prayers. And God makes no mistake in anything in our lives. And sometimes if we're not careful, we say, well, I'm not going to pray any longer because I've been let down too too many times. And we begin to think about all of the many times that we prayed and something did not go our way. Can I share with you that I have been praying for my father since I had gotten saved? Sixteen years old. I've been praying for my father ever since there. Fourteen years later, my father is still unsaved. Does that mean I stop praying? No. I continue to labor. But Cyrus, I would imagine y'all prayed for your grandchildren many, many times. Many, many times you probably took them to church, and many, many times they came out still unsaved. Until one day. There have been some of you who have prayed and you've labored in prayer about certain things of the Lord directing you or answering prayers or doing this or that. Brother John, as your testimony, 10 years laboring in prayer and at some point just wondering. But now look, you see, in the Lord's timing, he makes no mistakes, As you come to the subject matter of prayer and you begin to think about the church praying together, you begin to think about what the Lord has concerning the church. Go with me to the book of Acts one more time, chapter number 12. As you come to Acts chapter number 12 and you begin to think about the church and our opportunity tonight to bathe these young people in prayer and labor in prayer together as a church. This morning we looked at the the church together together. Because we knew we were going to be emphasizing some things concerning prayer. Notice what is taking place. You begin to ask the question tonight, what could I do while these young people are gone? Now notice in Acts chapter number 12, the people who are praying are not with Peter. Notice what the Bible says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Now that statement means to torment, it means to harm. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarantinians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but the prayer... Notice this now. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God... For him. Unto God for him. Verse number six. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Look, Peter, he he understands, hey, the Lord's got this. I have no concern whatsoever. The Lord's going to take care of all of these things. Talk about the peace of God and the child of God's life. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, The angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. As you go on and you read chapter number 12, you come to realize some things that are taking place. And we don't have time to acknowledge everything in this passage, but I do want to bring your attention back to verse number 5, because this is where the church plays a vital part tonight. We're about to send some young people off to a teen camp and to a junior camp. And while they go to that junior camp, and while they go to that teen camp, you're going to have an opportunity to pray for them. Each and every day, you're going to be able to wake up. You're going to be able to pull this bulletin out. You're going to be able to pray for Holly. You're going to be able to pray for Kaylee and Jared and Jonathan and Eric and Jacob and Landon is are way. Landon, not Landon. That teen camp. You're going to be able to bathe them in prayer. And then you're going to look over to your right and you're going to see the junior camp is taking place. You're going to be able to look over at the names of Noah, Jacob, Luke, James, Ethan, John, Jack, Allie, Gracie, Chloe, Izzy, Lainey, and Emily. And you're going to be able to pray and bathe them in prayer. Verse number five, the Bible says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. He's not with the church at this time. He's not with the people at this time. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in verse number six exactly where he was. He was sleeping between two soldiers. The Bible says in verse number five, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Can I encourage you tonight that you would give yourself to prayer and that you would make it a priority if for nothing else to pray for these young people, to bathe them in prayer, to bathe each of them by name in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to each of them. Could I encourage you not to get caught up into the habit of just very simply saying, Lord, be with these young people this week. No, 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 no. Go through the list. Talk to them. Lord, be with Holly this week as she's about to graduate in just a year. Lord, begin to speak to her and reveal to her what you have for her. Lord, begin to, to do a work in Kaylee's life as she has a bright future and she loves music. And she, Lord, you're molding her in some areas. Lord, use her in the talent she has. Lord, this Jared is called to preach. And Lord, you have something for him. And Lord, you might be calling him to preach and go off to Bible college and then serve in a local church. Lord, do a word this week and you go down the list. You begin to pray for Jonathan. And you begin to pray for Eric. You begin to pray for Jacob and Lanham. And you're bathing them in prayer. And getting serious about it. Because here's what's going to happen. These young people are going to come back They're going to stand on this platform. They're going to share some testimonies. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, thank you for praying for me. And then they're going to go about, they're going to serve in the local church, and you're going to stand off to the side and you're going to notice that God did something this week. You say, are you already saying that God's going to do something? I'm confident God's going to do something this week. I'm not saying I hope God does something. I'm saying God's going to do something this week. And I want to have a part in praying for what is going to take place in these young people's lives. Let me for just a moment, for those of the ones who are here, if I call your name, I want you to come forward for just a moment. Miss Holly, Miss Kaylee, Jared, Jonathan, Eric, Jacob, Lenny, y'all come over here for just a moment if you would. Junior campers, y'all come over here if you're here. Noah, Jacob, Luke, James, John, Ethan, Jack, Allie, Gracie, Chloe, Izzy, Lainey, and Emily. If y'all are here, y'all come on over here for a moment. Some sharp young people, right? So why would you bring them up? Because I want you to see something for a few moments. I want you to look at these young people. This is who you're praying for. The next generation. The next generation of young people. What could God do? As you begin to think about these young people right here. These ones over here. We're here. We have pictures of. Uh, 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 the Hodges boys, when we first came here on staff, they they were just little, little boys. And all of a sudden, they shot up. And they're praying about what the Lord's will is in their life. But they were there. See, these young people are going to go up to Fairview Baptist Camp in Athens, Tennessee, and they're going to take part in a church camp. These young people are going to travel... To Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and they're going to take part in a church camp in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And you know what we get to rejoice in? That the, God is, that the God that's working over there in Athens, Tennessee is the same God that's going to be working over here in Murfreesboro. That's the exciting thing. You see, the church in verse number 5 was not with Peter, but the Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and the God gospel. I want to challenge every single one of you that are here tonight to bathe these young people in prayer. I'm pleading with you. I'm begging of you. I remember before we would go to teen camps, men like Paul Elder and men like Al Kopic who would pull me to the side and just pull me to the side and give me a hug and say, hey, I'm praying for you this week it do some of you this evening some good after the service to pull some of these young people to the side and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And that young person's going to come back. They're probably going to wrap their arms around you and say, thank you for praying for me. Tonight, the challenge is very simple. As you come to Acts chapter number 2, you begin to see that it was steadfast. It wasn't something that was just kind of casual. It wasn't something that they were just going to do if they had the time, but they were serious about it. They were dedicated to it. If you have to set an alarm on your phone multiple times throughout the day to stop for three to five minutes and just pray for these young people, then do it. In the morning when you wake up, pray for these young people. In the evening when you wake up, pray for these young people and ask for God to do something. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Lord, we do thank You tonight. We thank You for Your goodness. Lord, these young people are excited. They're ready to go. They're wired. Lord, we're asking that you would do a work. Work that only you can accomplish. Lord, the church tonight is asking, what can we do? We can pray. Lord, may you knit our hearts together tonight. A matter of prayer. May there be parents that pray with their young people may there be young men who pray together may there be young ladies who pray together Lord may we find our youth group and our junior campers and our teen department growing closer this week Lord it's nothing that the preacher brings to the table Lord it's nothing that we do it's only the work that you do Lord we need you Lord, as we spend some time in prayer as a church family tonight, Lord, we're asking that you would have your will and have your way. Take this time. Lord, cement some things within our hearts. As the young people go to camp, may there be some individuals that are staying back that would say, you know what, moving forward, I'm going to start praying and I'm going to get serious about it. Lord, start something tonight that's going to last for eternity. I pray that your will be accomplished and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Maybe there's some church members tonight, the young people are here, some of them are praying together, some of them with their parents, but maybe there's some church members tonight that want to find themselves at the altar and just spend some time in prayer for the young people that are here. Could I encourage you that you're investing in them through prayer and God is going to do the work. You can have a part in that. Zach keeps singing, I just want to say a few words. How many of you know this song? Brother Zach, if you would, go ahead and sing that second verse, and when we get to that chorus, let's join in as a choir tonight, and lift our voices up and sing this song. God's been good, and he's been so good to us, and I believe he'd be honored in that. So, Brother Zach, you sing that second voice. We'll come in as one choir together this evening. Time. cried those bitter tears, but I felt His arms around me as I faced my darkest fears. I've had more gains than losses, and I've known. The best way I could say it is this. Sing out, church. And everything that you've done. Lord, as we send our junior campers and our teen campers off to teen camp and junior camps, and tomorrow, Lord, we're asking you to do a work that only you can do. Lord, we're going to travel. We're going to sleep. We're going to do activities. We're going to sit into the preaching. And there's going to be a time, Lord, each and every single day to respond to the preaching of your word. Lord, may the auditorium in both of those camps be filled with young people who want to be obedient to you young people who want to please their heavenly father young people who want to make a difference in reaching this world lord may the auditoriums be filled with young people who want to be hearers and doers also and lord that they come back to the church and they share all that you've done and Lord, that it would ignite a fire, not only in their hearts, but in the heart of the church. Lord, that our church would get on fire. Lord, we'd go and share the gospel with our community. Lord, we continue doing what we've been doing, but Lord, that we would get passionate about it. Lord, that we wouldn't just use it as a checklist or a, a time slot, but Lord, that we would get serious about it. Lord, the words of that song, God's been good. Lord, I don't know that we could stand tonight and share testimony after testimony and truly describe the goodness that you've given us in our lives. But, Lord, I pray that you've been honored. Lord, as we dismiss here in a few moments, I pray that you would just dismiss us with safety and bring us back tomorrow, Lord, as we head out. Lord, that you'd provide safety on the roads and, Lord, that you would be with the meetings, be with both of the preachers as they preach the word of God. I pray that you'd fill them with your spirit. Lord, that you'd empty them of themselves. And Lord, that you would use them in a mighty way. Lord, just as much as we need you, Lord, they need you. So Lord, I pray that you would guide us now. Be the remaining parts of this service. Dismiss us with safety. And Lord, help us to give ourselves to prayer. And we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.